Makes you feel like you're losing your mind. It puts you on an emotional rack and pulls you in opposite directions until you are begging for mercy. It yanks your sense of security out of, out of, from under you and puts you in a state of emotional freefall. It is severely emotionally distressing, and until you have experienced it, you can't really imagine how truly life altered. Dick's experience can be. As if it's not enough, your brain begins to operate in a different way. The fear centers fires up and stays fired and stays fired up, creating hypervigilance. Sorry, creating hypervigilance, restless, <laughs> restlessness, yes, anxiety, and a sense of being perpetually on guard. This allots your ability to relegate to relegate your mood to calm yourself, to think, to reason, and to make intelligent decisions. Your fear centers, your fear centers, hijacks your normal functioning, and you find yourself in a world where every tax feels challenging. Your mind will not stop racing, your emotions feel not, feel out of control, and your coping skills are stretched to the limit. And this is borrowed from Cautious CA, that's Christian, Christina um, A. Cautious, PhD and Associates, PLC. Actually, you can notice that I'm a bit, you know, so I'm having the same feeling right now. This is where I welcome you to Italian Friday! <laughs> yes, good morning to everyone, yes. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I welcome you. This is another exciting Friday. I'm happy. Always happy to be on the show, yes, because it gives me an, another opportunity to get to see you, and you get to see me, and we get to learn new things, meet new people. Mm? Yes, a family. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If this is your first time, this is Mind Closet 101 on the Port TV. 
I know some of you will be looking, where's IBM TV? Where's IBM TV? Actually, we'll change our name now. It's no more IBM TV, but Pod TV. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So now, um, this is Mind Closer 101. If this is your first time, all problems are delusions of the mind. If you're perfect, be the first to cast the stone. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. And this is pro- brought to you by the best online TV in the world, second to none. Public Open Dialogue, Pod TV, second to none, yes. Um, well, my name is Ben Wachinemelo, if this is your first time. And if Wachinemelo is really difficult for you to pronounce, please call me Michael. It's okay, but my full name is Okichuku Chukuma Omera. Yes, you know, I'm from Nigeria and we have so many native names, but in case so that you don't get, you know, your tongues twisted, just call me Michael. Beautiful. If you check your time, this is 8.07 a.m. EST. 507. Um, 507, yes, AM, PST, that's um, Pacific Standard Time. So I'm saying, good morning to all our viewers in the US, Canada, Jamaica, Cuba, Mexico, and Peru. It is 107 p.m. West African time and 207 p.m. Central African time. So I'm saying, good afternoon to all my brothers and sisters in the West Coast of Africa and also to my brothers and sisters in um, Botswana, Burundi, Egypt, Libya, Rwanda, and South Africa. And this is 5.38 p.m. Indian Standard Time, IST. So I'm saying Namaste to all Asia. Um, yes, Mind Closet 101 is a life coaching show that gives people the platform to ask questions that have been locked in the closet of their minds and also a one-on-one avenue for people to freely interact and express their inner thoughts without being judged. Where everyone has, where everyone can learn from different experiences Experiences, yes, opinions not only permitted to talk about our victories, success, but also our failures, mistakes, and burdens. We discuss more, more of life-related issues like that affect our daily lives, like mental health, relationship, family, community, and the world at large. Yes, you're welcome once again. And if this is your first time, the show it's every Friday. Hmm? Yes, 8 a.m. EST, 5 a.m. PST. 1 p.m. West African time, 2 p.m. Central African time, and 5.30 p.m. Indian Standard Time. It's our tradition on the show, yes. Now, we longer don't call this show a show. We call it a class because every day we get to learn new things. And um, and now you're pilot. Hmm? So, enjoy the show. We have also have another custom that if you're in the U.S., please get yourself cup of coffee or tea Mm? if you're in africa please get yourself a glass of water Mm? or soda we don't allow beer or wine so that you can get intoxicated and fall out of class if you're in asia we know asians love tea so you get yourself a cup of tea yes i hope my 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 voice is sounding good today because last week i noticed my mic acted funny and my voice was a bit low but today i pray it's better and the city of lagos i'm out Sorry. I'm in the city of Lagos. Mm, beautiful weather. Yes. It's sunny. No rain. And I'm enjoying myself right here in the studio. Yes. Um, like I said, yeah, before we start the show, I'd like the audience to please feel free to send in your questions, your comments. If you have um, any story you want to share with us, please feel free to do that on whatever platform you're watching. Is it a YouTube? Is it a Facebook? 
Um, I ought to have gone live on Instagram today, but technical issues. By next week, I promise we'll start our Instagram live show. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> don't forget to also visit our website, www.pottv.tv. Mm, and also like our Facebook page, the Mind Closet 101 Facebook page. We, have, we also have a Facebook group. You can also join us as well. Find me on all podcast platforms. Yes, Mind Closet 101, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, all podcast platforms as well. Today's topic is the ugly betrayal trauma. This is one thing that has been, if you notice the intro, I just discussed how it is. It makes you uncomfortable. It makes you look like a loser. It makes you want to commit suicide. It's an ugly thing. And it's something that has been trending that people really don't want to talk about. But before, hmm, I call in my guest. I want you to do something for me. If this is your first time, please go call your family, your friends, your loved ones. I'll be coming back after short uh, commercial. Yes, just introducing my guest to my videos. I want you to go call everybody, as I've mentioned. Then even your enemies, your enemies are allowed to be here to watch and learn. So, you know, we, we become better people. Um, we have two amazing guests. One is already, it's, you know, a known face on the Mind Closer 101. And another is um, my sister, actually. <laughs> uh, today, not today, we'll go here. Actually, I just said today would be awesome because um, she's here. So, why you go call your friends? Well, just say. <laughs> Um, first of all, we have better shout outs today. One of our amazing guests today is his birthday. I'm going to do that after the show. That's, um, yes, after today's conversation, before the end of the show, I'm going to wish him a happy, happy birthday. Then my brother from another mother just did something. You can notice I'm on a Hawaii shirt. Yes. I just want to tell him that the next time it's going to be there. He should call me. I have them. Hmm? Now, straight to my guest. Ah, uh, yes. He's my brother from another mother that has a different color. <laughs> we don't care what color of skin, color of skin we have, but, you know, we're brothers. And he has been an amazing friend since the day I got to know him. Um, he's a pornographic addiction expert, a TEDx speaker, certified betrayal trauma coach, hmm. an author, 
a presenter, a journalist, yes, he lo who loves to share his story and educating people about addiction all the way from Las Vegas. Wait for it. Mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Can you wait for it? Joshua Shield. <laughs> Josh. I'm still waiting for it. You're still waiting for it. <laughs> There's no intro sound today. My, oh, it's my, oh, my, it's just me. It's oh, I, I'm the big reveal. That that's going to be disappointing for the people. Josh, the next time you're going to be going on a vacation that you don't call me, can you, you can see I have my shirt on. Yes, you I see you're already. I'm sorry I didn't mm -hmm. stop by and pick you up. I was I was next flying time, the other direction. Next time you just tell me, I'll try and put myself in a suitcase and just you know okay, send myself that's to cool. the US. That's cool. That's cool. My, then, my, 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 my family will love it when you show up at our hotel room door. <laughs> and Josh, please, your next vacation will be in the city of Lagos. We have amazing beaches you can visit. Hmm? Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not flying places. anywhere for 20 hours in a very long time. It was, mm. it was 16, it was 16 hours to fly to Hawaii from where I live. And for those people mm -hmm. listening, I live, I live a couple, I live, uh, you know, I, like I said, I think it was about 16 hours. Um, and uh, to fly, I looked it up, to fly to Nigeria into Lagos would be almost 20 hours. So um, I will uh, I will wait some point and at some point in the future, I will come to Nigeria, I promise. Josh, don't tell me you're trying to just push this next vacation to probably next 5, 10, 20 years more. No, no, just not, not this, not this month, not this month. No, next I'm not month. saying this month. Next month. Yeah. No, next I'm kidding. Month. It's going to be a long time. I'm, I'm broke. <laughs> you know how much money I spent? Everything in no Hawaii way. costs ridiculous. It's a tiny little island in the middle of nowhere, so it costs so much money to get stuff there. Everything there is crazy expensive. I understand, but don't worry. The city of Lagos is not expensive. It's a place, a beautiful place you would love to visit and i promise you when your family come here the weather is beautiful you understand good the weather is good beautiful. that's what we need awesome you understand we have beautiful bitches we have wonderful people stand as a place i promise you if you, if you visit nigeria come back again it's a short it's a short deal hmm? okay we'll right. see all right you know how it's, it's been done here Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to all our viewers in the languages you understand better. Let's go, Josh. Okay, English, good morning. Mm -hmm. uh, Japanese, Ohio gozaimasu. Uh, French, French, bienvenue. Uh, uh, I, I guess, I guess Hawaiian would be aloha. Um, uh -huh. Yeah, aloha. Um, and uh, buenos dias for yes. for our Spanish speaking friends. Uh, and then we're pushing it. Uh, yeah, I that that's where I stop. All right. Good afternoon. And that's when you have to turn on the closed captioning because I, I I don't know any others. <laughs> that's beautiful. All right. Good. 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 Thank you so much. And Josh, thank you for honoring this invitation. And it's thank you for inviting me again. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to have you. It's it's fun. And I'm sure it is. Interesting to always, always have you on the show. Um, <laughs> now, <laughs> because I know you, you you always crack jokes and you keep us always laughing. And it's, it's, it's what I try to do. You. 
Yeah, thank you. Now, to my next guest. She's my sister because we speak the same language. Hmm? Hmm. Listen, I've been hearing her on radio. You know, when you're secretly in love with somebody, but unfortunately you're married and you don't have anything to do about it. You just have to just, you know. Yeah, that's when you don't admit it. But now I've done that. And, um, well, I hope my wife is not watching. So she won't get me kicked out of the house this night. (laughs) All right. She's a writer. Amazing Nigerian writer. uh, Singer, songwriter. Nigerian most. um, Amazing voiceover artist extraordinary I'm trying to pronounce it the way it's been written on a bio in a French you know don't mind me just extraordinary um on air on air personality yes tv and radio host an actress an MC compare emotional intelligence consultant if you don't know a communication a communication facilitator and um a blogger she speaks six different languages, four international and two, four international. Oh, sorry, four national and two international. Ah, I'm waiting for her because she's going to say good morning, good afternoon, good evening in all those languages today, today. Yes. Uh-huh. All right. All the way from West Africa's, the capital of West Africa. Yes. The city of Lagos. We call it the city of the hustle, eh? where everything happens. Eh? That's, let me not speak Yoruba so that I won't get uh, fired up, please. Where everything happens, she's known as BBB, three Bs. The big, bold, and beautiful. Shoma Obala BB. Ho, ho, ho. I'm so sorry I didn't introduce you properly. Your mic is mute. Your mic is mute. Sorry. I'm so I'm sorry I didn't. At you and I have no words. How do you like what? Josh, help me here. <laughs> no, I, I I love to watch a car crash. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> wow, Josh. So I, that, I that's love, what you wish. I thought we had an understanding. <laughs> yeah. No, this is this is this is the Titanic, and we're all trying to survive. <laughs> Well, I'm not going to sit there and play my violin as we go down. <laughs> Lord, help me through this, this one. <laughs> ah, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank it's you for good having to have me. you. It's Thank a pleasure and honor to have, um, what shall I say? You know, Nigerians, when you meet your senior colleague, someone you've been looking and listening what? to, you know, you just give them, you know, you call them boss, Madame the boss, you know. So it's a pleasure to have my boss on air. Yes, it's a pleasure. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for B-B-B. having me. B-B. Yes, you know how it goes. You've heard Josh say good morning, good afternoon, good evening. And thank God for <laughs> national languages and to international. Yay! My audience will hear it today. All right, give it to us. Give it to us. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to all our viewers in the U.S., Africa, and also say welcome. Okay, hello, hi, good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Um, welcome, more importantly, um, that's in English, in French, it's a salut, bienvenue, 
um in Igbo Ndewonono welcome mm. thank you um in Yoruba Ekabo um which one again Hausa Sanu um wow. which one again which one again Anya, my mom is a uh, Benue, she's from Benue State, so Anya, wow. Mo, so welcome. <laughs> wow, beautiful, beautiful. You can see she's one Nigerian. Hmm? If you're Nigerian, what you, you can see she's the one Nigerian. She just said all our dialects, just saying hello <laughs> and welcome. Josh, so you can see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do we have a fact checker here? Do we? Because I don't know if she's telling the truth. You guys could just be making this up uh, as you no, go along. No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just the idiot American nodding along. He's fact checking. <laughs> he's fact checking me because he he knows at least how to say hello in these languages. Yes, yes. So she's, she's perfect. I love that. Thank you okay, so I'll, so I'll, much. I'll trust you. <laughs> Welcome. So, um, sorry, my audience. I ought to have done ladies first. You know, but she's a new guest. That's why I had to, you know, bring her in last to celebrate her well. Welcome, welcome, BBB. Um, Josh, this is your topic. This is actually what you're born to do. This is what you love doing. I want you to, you know, just... In Nigeria, we say, kill the show. Shock them. Hmm? Fear them. That shake them. I want you to... Break your leg, not your own. That, that sounds like it will hurt. Yeah, just not yours. That's 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 a different kind of trauma. That's called blunt force trauma. Titanic, Josh. We're in this together. Yeah, okay. Josh. Okay. All right. This is um. So to all my viewers, sorry. You can see that the, like the house will be fun today, having two amazing guests that are really um awesome. So um, go straight to. We're going straight into business. Like I said, please feel free to comment on whatever platform you're watching. And please don't forget to su- subscribe on those channels, especially our new YouTube channels. Um, ladies first. Now, BBB. Uh, allow me to call her Choma BBB. Yes. What is betrayal? Ladies first. Huh. I thought you started with just because, again, this is his turf. But you know what? I'm going to be the layman in the picture. Um, so basically, betrayal is very simply, in my opinion, a breach of trust, loyalty. It's a violation of, of trust, an act of disloyalty, basically, in, in very clear terms. Uh, okay. Josh. Yeah. Uh, oh, are we still doing the show? Okay. <laughs> We're still here, please. And I saw you drinking something. Is that cranberries? No, this is iced coffee. I don't like hot coffee, so oh, okay. I drink iced coffee. Wow, that's nice. And I put some and I put some protein shake in there too. So it's like it's half iced coffee, half half protein shake. That way I can tell myself it's sort of healthy. Josh. Josh, what? please, we don't have, we don't have such. Uh, what did you call it again? Protein what? Protein shake. It's protein. It's 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 like it's instead of putting cream or milk in my in my coffee, yeah. it's yeah. like it's like it's kind of like a milkshake, but it's full of oh, protein. Okay. So it's okay. like a flavored. It's like flavored cream or milk. Okay. Okay. But it's okay. healthier okay. for you. 
Okay, we don't have it here in, in Nigeria. Before you Watch make them, let me tell you how it sounds. It sounds like, you know, when you give kids sugar, something's about yeah. to happen. There's okay. a lot of jump. <laughs> Yeah, well, just keep in keep in mind it's eight it's eight in the morning here. I'm usually <laughs> I'm usually still asleep at this point. You're on a and holiday, while, and, and, and so I just I have to wake up and uh, you know, uh, amphetamines aren't allowed anymore in my life, so I have to just drink drink coffee and, and find my find my highs in caffeine. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, Josh, I'm, I'm drug free except for caffeine. So let's let's just say that's a positive. That's that's better than I used to be. Really, really, Josh, please, please. All right, as a certified betrayal trauma coach, please. Yes, what is yes. Um, in, in okay, here's the thing. We all know that the sky is blue. We all trust the sky is blue. We've all been raised to know the sky is blue. But what happens if all of a sudden I tell you the sky is not blue and then I take you outside and you see the sky isn't blue? That would hmm. absolutely rock your world because this one thing that you trust every day you see this thing, you don't even have to think about this thing because you trust it so much. And in a nutshell, betrayal trauma is the emotional response that somebody has when they feel super safe and super secure about something. And then it turns out that thing is not true and, and it absolutely rocks their world and, and, and not in a good way. Uh, you know, the, the most classic example is, you know, your the spouse cheating on the other one and they find out that destruction, yeah. that feeling is betrayal trauma. But and, it can be with people like you can, you can have, you know, obviously my, my area with pornography addiction, the partner feels like once they find out that their, their husband or their wife is a pornography addict, they start feeling the betrayal trauma because they don't see it. But you also see this sometimes after divorces, you see it sometimes after deaths. Um, it's, it's an emotional reaction to a breach of trust. Uh, and, and it can be anything like, let's say that you are, you're married, you have kids, you tell your family that you are going to live in this one place for 10 years, and then you're going to go live in a wonderful place after that. And for 10 years, they get excited. For 10 years, they're looking forward to it. And then nine and a half years into it, you say, nope, I'm not, we're not moving there. And that could crush your soul. You know, True. you could be looking, that crushes your soul. That's a form of betrayal trauma. And it can, it can get even deeper. It can get to the point that you don't, it's so subconscious, you know, you don't realize it. For instance, um, again, let's say that, let's say that your family said, you're always going to live in this house. You're always going to be here. You feel like this house is your safe haven. And then at 12 years old, your parents pick up and move and mm. with you. And you don't, you, you know, that promise is broken. That house where you feel safe, you now go to a new house. You don't feel safe anymore. And somewhere inside your body, you tell yourself, your parents lied to you. Your parents took you away from your safe place. That is a betrayal of your parents onto you. Obviously, that's not them doing it on purpose. You know, they're not yeah. trying to hurt you. Um, it, and, and it's just a house. It's just a structure. It doesn't actually protect you, you know, one more than the other, really. 
it's but it's the you you assigned a specialness to this first house where you felt safe you don't have that with the next one so you feel like you were betrayed and it's just you know like I, it, it can be a lot of different things and you may not even realize it but um, i believe most trauma that isn't physical is betrayal hmm. Hmm. Wow. i'm glad that you said that I'm glad that you said that because I'm and and the thing that I find from the um definition or the explanation you just gave is the fact that it actually is a trauma that's definitely inflicted on you by a person or a group of people that you are close to that are close to you. So you the victim of the situation find that there is some kind of a level of trust and you know um belief that you have a confidence you have in that person. And the fact that it can come from different things, infidelity, abandonment, neglect, you name it. So some people are, when you gave the topic, watching the mellow, I was very excited because when I I looked at the topic, I was like, you know what? A lot of people are going through this, have been carrying betrayal trauma from childhood. True. And are living, you know, it's like a cycle that they've been going through year in, year out. And because... It is something that we don't pay enough attention to. So we don't know how deep it can run. We don't know how deep it can run. We don't recognize that sometimes um, we, 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 we try to, we don't want to talk about it because we don't think, you know, someone might look at us as petty or, you know, we don't yeah. want to. And so we don't heal. And because we don't heal, I mean, if if this happens to you, sometimes you want to do what we call the emotional cutoff. Oh, you know what? This person doesn't exist in my space anymore. And, yeah, yeah. you know, so that I can just move on. But the truth is we're actually prolonging the pain and that healing process is not happening. So I'm glad yeah. that you, you explained it that way. Well, actually, uh, Josh, thank you so much for the explanation. And the reason why I brought up this very topic is you see, there are things here in Nigeria, especially in Africa, that we kind of um, ignore or pretend doesn't exist. Do you yeah. understand? Actually, I've known Josh for a while. And I was just, you know, thinking of a topic. Then I remembered, I went back to his, there was, I think there was something you you, post, you pasted on um, on Instagram, right? That I had to go through and I saw betrayal trauma. And I said, wait, though. Let me first of all understand this. And I found out that, you know, this is broad. It's not what we can discuss once. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. And we experience it here in Nigeria. I I had it. Do you understand? But if, I, if it's over, I don't know. Do you understand? If I've healed, I really don't know. But one thing I, I, I've made up my mind to do is just, you know, forget your past and move on with the future. And I think that's one of the best way to heal yourself love yourself first you understand so and i said but this thing has been happening and nobody talks about it you can hear it on shows you can hear it on the radio let's say some radio stations can and and somebody like you chama i know you can do that but how many of how many nigerians are aware of this trauma how many of us are trying to heal how many of us are trying to talk about this and try help the younger generation not to pass through that same process. Choma, you are a victim of this. True? In many, I mean, in many ways, listen, it, it's, I think that a lot of us don't just know how to define it or understand that this is what we're going through. I think that is the right word. 
that is the right word yes you understand what i mean and this is one thing like josh i believe in the u.s it's known people get to it's starting to be it's 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 starting to be known now so you can yeah see. i'd say in the last in the last two to three years is is really when the concepts of betrayal trauma and things like gaslighting have started to become more known yeah. in, in mainstream society yes but you but you see here in africa let me tell you if somebody's passing through that thing and you kind of try to talk about it spiritually to be tagged oh some kind of demon you can possess mm -hmm. you understand or somebody's doing you from your father's house or mother's house you understand so but this are not everything i'm a pastor everything is should not be taxed spiritual there are things we should look into and that's why i want us to talk about this and i know this no will not it will not end here we're still going to come back again and still talk more because we've not started we just this is just like a tip of the iceberg we just want to create a little awareness because i just i know i said little because by the next time, we'll go deeper than this. Now, um, Josh, um, okay, right. Let me come back to you, Choma. How can an, an individual overcome the pain of trauma, of, um, of betrayal? Betrayal trauma. Yes. I, I think it's first in recognizing that you actually are going through it. Because if you do not recognize that that is happening to you, you will continue to carry it around. And so, you know, like every other sort of trauma, your body just kicks into one of the modes, fight, flight, or freeze. So it's either your body fights back or your mind fights back as it is, where you're taking out your anger on everybody or everything around you, especially your relationships, right? The second thing is flight, which is, everybody's an enemy so you don't even want to get close you don't want to give yourself a chance to come you know uh, come to that level and then freeze you're in that moment everything's happening to you in your life you're not moving past that moment so you're not exactly moving on growing nothing so i think it's it's best in the realization that it is a situation um betrayal trauma can make you lose yourself lose your confidence, mm. question your entire existence, question your life, your choices, you know, and, and when your emotions coming, the shaming voices, you start to wonder, okay, wait, so it may, means I, I wasn't a judge of good character. So who else is betraying me? Who else is, you know, what other choices have I made in my life that are wrong? It, it, it totally can take over you. But I do believe as well that every betrayal will definitely redefine the relationship. The question is how? And I feel like you can choose how how your your how um the situation will redefine you. Because sometimes you can come from that betrayal and hurt. It can lead you to growth and discovery. If you are aware, if you accept that okay this is happening to me, then what's the way forward? There's, there's a whole, I feel like there, there are lots of things that we can do. And again, after looking into the topic, I have personally started to look at something you mentioned, forget and, you know, forget the past and moving to the future. Sometimes that doesn't always work because if you, if you're supposedly forgetting, that's why I said the emotional cutoff, 
if you tell yourself, oh, you know what, let me just forget the past. You haven't healed, so you're still carrying around that past. And something, mm. some kind of event, occurrence will cause you to, you know, that trauma to come back to you. And it will definitely have a, re- have, have a ripple effect on everything else about you. So it's in first the realization, in my opinion. I don't know, Josh. <laughs> yeah, I... No. I, I... Right. I, I, just, I just I just want to flat out say, Brother Michael, I think you're wrong. Um, I, I, okay. I, I'm going to come on and say I think you're wrong. You cannot just willingly forget something. Um, it can happen. I mean, we have repressed memories and it can happen. But I'll, 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 I'll tell you what an average uh, client of mine, and I do a lot of betrayal coaching. Um, the last few months, it's exploded on me. Uh, the person who comes to me is usually between 35 and 55. Uh, and what's happened is that very recently something has happened that has stirred up feelings. Something traumatic has probably happened um, that has stirred up some kind of feeling. And what that does, that feeling reminds them of past traumas. And sometimes they don't even remember the specifics of that past trauma um, but they're feeling this thing that they don't want to feel again. They've felt it multiple times in life. It's this inner feeling of, like I said, betrayal, of hurt, of not being able to trust their surroundings. Uh, and it's it's a pattern. And they come to break the pattern. And what often happens is that I will just sit here and be like, okay, so what are you thinking about today? And somebody will, you know, after small talk for three or four minutes, they'll start telling me some story that happened to them at 13 years old. And uh, as they're telling the story, basically all I have to do is point out where they may be misinterpreting the story or where in the story they are blaming themselves for something that isn't their fault. And are there are there parts of the story that they uh, might be remembering incorrectly? Are there parts of the story that we can, you know, I can ask a few questions about that they haven't thought? And really, what it is is breaking down these for me, for my coaching at least. A lot of it is breaking down these stories one by one, and then starting to see patterns. Like if you tell me four stories in a row that involve, you know. Uh, some kind of your father left for work for four weeks or your father always went out drinking with his friends and was never home or when your father was home you know he never played with the kids it was always your mom well you know you tell enough of these stories and it you don't recognize that they're all about your father you don't recognize that they're all about your father not being for there for you even if he's sitting in front of you so my job is almost like a guide to just listen and say, okay, here's what you're saying. I don't think you, I don't think you're making the connections in what you're saying. You sound like you're a little bit upset with your father, that your vision of a father should be somebody who's there for you and your father wasn't. And a lot of times it's just a matter of them putting these pieces together and being like, oh, Oh my goodness, yes. And then they understand the root of their trauma. And then you can deal with that. Cognitive behavioral therapy, dialectical behavioral therapy. There's a whole lot of other things you can do at that point. But it's really just getting them to recognize and define their trauma. Because once you understand it, it's so much easier to deal with. Once you know what's going on, it's easier to deal with. And 
if you try to forget it, if you try to squash it down, it's just going to come back later. It's just going to happen again. And whatever you squash down right now, you're going to have to deal with that later. You need to deal with trauma to get through it. You can't go around it. You can't stick your head in the sand. You are going to have to deal with your traumas. And the sooner you do that, the, the better you will feel overall in your life. Hmm. All right. Um, I'd like to ask this personal question. Chairman and Josh, were you victims of um, betrayal trauma? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it can happen with your friends. It can happen with your family members. It can happen with your relationships. I mean... I think we 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 come across so we I think we encounter betrayal you know every once in a while in our lives. The question for us would be you know how intimately or how closely did we guard this person? Because the closer the person is to you, the harder it is to believe that someone could you know get around to being this or do this to you. So I think it I think that we have faced all sorts of betrayal over the years. I mean when you're kids and your friend, you and your friend went out somewhere and you're not supposed to tell mommy and daddy and then somebody just blurts it out. It changes the game. I've seen teenagers, I I, I was speaking to with a bunch of teenagers um, earlier in the year, um, in January, and when we were talking about best friends and I just said, oh, you know, tell us, tell me about your best friends. Do you have a best friend? And I could see this girl immediately just... You could see her just cringe. And I said to her, so tell me about your best friend. She says, I don't have a best friend. What happened? So this person was close to her and, you know, she told everything and the person blurted out to someone else. And as a teenager, she's saying to you, I don't, best friend, even my parents, I don't trust anybody. That is a trauma that she has to heal from if she's going to ever grow and 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 live her full life so it happens and has happened to him if not practically all of us how we handle it and how seriously we take it depends on how closely we guard the person that betrayed us hmm. josh yeah i i, I agree a hundred percent i mean for instance you know uh, uh choma and i just met you know, and 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 I, I get good vibes from you immediately. But if you hadn't made it on today's show, it probably wouldn't have bothered me that much because I don't know you. I don't know what you're bringing to the show. I don't, you know, okay, we were going to do this. Now plans changed, whatever. But Brother Michael may have been more bothered by it because this is his show. This is his baby. This is something he plans. He's, you know, he knows you, you know, you're somebody that's important to him. And that's, you know, that that's a deeper relationship. So he might have been affected much more. And I think that, you know, I think that's what we're talking about is that it's different for everybody. You know, my my brother went through some of the exact same experiences I did. Now, I thought for years and years that he was fine with it, that there was no big deal. Uh, for, somehow I got the trauma. He didn't. Now, what's interesting is that I've gone last seven, eight years as I've shed my addictions, as I've, you know, started to, uh, you know, learn far more about how the mind works, how I've started to, you know, educate and whatnot. I can now look at my brother and recognize he is carrying a lot of trauma. He is carrying, you know, uh, some scars, probably a lot that I don't even know about. 
but we all react to it differently. Now, maybe he'll deal with it. Maybe he won't. You know, I've told him I can refer him to people, but he doesn't seem interested. That's how he's going to deal. He's processing it whatever way he wants to. It's very different and very individual for everybody, you know, and that's what's important is that don't feel shame about any betrayal trauma you have. Don't feel embarrassed. Um, and, and if somebody shares it with you, don't judge them. Just because they view something as more important, you know, it's, it's uh, and you view it as silly, perhaps, it doesn't mean that it isn't very, very important to them. Mm-hmm. So al- along, with, along with sharing our betrayal traumas, it's really important if someone is sharing with you for you to take it in in a, in a judgment-free way, in a safe way, where they feel like you know they 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 can talk to you about this because I think that you know you can take medicine, you can do all kinds of you know crazy activities. I think the way that you get through trauma is to talk about it. Absolutely. Mm. You know, can I just add this because um, I find that one of the first things that people feel will help them is if that person that um, perpetrator. <laughs> um, would yeah. would come out and apologize and actually be you know sober about it, but the truth is, if we are going to be honest, nobody owes you anything, and the truth is that not not it will not always happen. That person will not always realize that they have betrayed you or realize that you know um, you should be apologized to. So I feel like that is something that that you know if you're starting if you want to heal you have to come to some form of cognizance with the fact that that person might not come back to apologize to you but you have to find the way to advocate for yourself and start your healing process for yourself by maybe starting to admit you know that you know you know what i was betrayed and it affected me in this kind of way this is how it's made me. This is some of the things that I have become or some of the ways I see things or see people or see life because of what has happened to me. It's a self-realization moment that you have to come to for yourself, by yourself. And if you don't get to that point, you it's an honest moment that you have to come to if you want to start to heal. Now, there's something you said. You said... Um that they, do, they don't owe you an apology. Why Why did you say they don't owe you an apology? Because, because I believe if, if I world, hurt you... Nobody owes you, an, that's, nobody owes you anything. Mm. If you're mm. waiting, because, look, so everybody's supposed to be good. We are all innately good, right? Mm-hmm. But then, yeah. um, how do you say, what I term good might not be what you term good. So if mm. you're waiting for me to apologize to you, as great as it is, and it will be very helpful, I can't stay, you can't stay stuck in that place waiting for that person to apologize to you because chances are they won't. Chances are they don't even realize, you know, sometimes you are you are the victim of the betrayal, but you might not be the victim of the relationship. Something else might be going on with that person. He or she might be betraying you because of what they have been through. So... Okay. Because they don't realize that, you know, it, it is something that they have done, you know, to you because they're probably going through their own. Some people, we talked about childhood betrayal trauma, right? Some people are still yeah. living in that world. And as such, 
everything that they do is coming from there. So they don't even realize that something is going on with them enough to realize that they've done something to you. As far as they're concerned, it is normal. That's why I said wow. nobody owes you anything and you have to come to terms with that yourself. Now, let me let me also ask. I know I'm asking this question because I know you said something, something that is good for me will not be good for you. But at the same time, once you get to know because i believe if you hurt me and i tell you you just you need to understand it and understanding comes in and the simple thing is just to by resolving that issue just saying sorry or apologize most people don't know how to apologize i, I don't mean to interrupt here but most no, no, people no, when they I, apologize I, I yeah, most people no. when they apologize it is either a rationalization for what they did they're trying to get you to understand why they did what they did or they're trying to minimize it. Now, and you can take that in a very simple way. Let's say that, you know, you and I work at the same place and I bring a sandwich to work and I leave it in the fridge and you're working the night shift and you see the sandwich and you eat it. Now, if I come to you and say, you know, did you eat my sandwich? You could say, yes, but I was really hungry. I'm sorry. Well, that's an excuse. That's not, you know, that, that, that's nothing real. You, you know, you're trying to get me to understand why you did what you did. That's not a real apology. A real apology is recognizing that you hurt the other person and basically saying that, you know, you, you, you regret hurting the other person. That's all an mm -hmm. apology is. People give gifts, people make rationalizations, people make excuses or reasons, and none of that is what a real apology is. A real apology is just simply admitting that you have regret, legit regret, over hurting the other person. It's not asking them, oh, you have to see it my way, or you know, please forgive me. No, in a real apology, you don't ask for anything. In a real apology, all you do is say, I recognize I hurt you and I regret having done whatever hurt you. And that's all. There's your apology. Three sentences are what apologies are. They don't need to be pages of letters. They don't need to be at a 45-minute phone call. Apologies are some of the simplest things you can do. Hmm. You know, I like that you so. said that because, see, I feel like apology, we, that is what I call false apology just like we have mm. false forgiveness false yes. apology is just you know i'm just putting it out there so you can just breathe or let me move on or you you know oh, same way yeah. false forgiveness is you know what i say i forgive you but i'm harboring the resentment the anger uh, uh, the revenge i'm looking forward to just getting back at you any way i can so yeah that's why i said nobody if you realize that you know what you don't owe me nobody owes you anything it will help you to start to forgive yourself for being in that position and the the other the other thing the other thing i'd just add to that is you know the other side of the coin of uh saying sorry is the forgiveness and you don't have to wait for them to say sorry you can forgive them anyway you can move on i mean the, the, one of the things that I learned in my early recovery, and I've been clean from everything I used to do to myself for about eight years now. One of the very first things I learned to move forward was to let go of resenting people. The amount of anger and hate and sadness and frustration and betrayal that I felt in my heart 
for so many people, that was so much energy that I carried with me for so many years. I mean, I was an addict of various types for over 20 years. And it was basically because of childhood trauma. And to get through it, one of the first things that I had to do was say, okay, clean slate. I am going to forgive everybody for everything they've done to me, whether they had a good reason or a bad reason or anything like that. The slate is clean. I am not going to devote any more energy to negative feelings towards other people. I'm going to work on myself in a positive way, and I'm going to work on myself so that when the negativity happens, I have the skills to handle it better. You know, in my coaching with betrayal trauma clients, not only do we talk through the betrayal, but we also work on techniques. So the next time something comes up, because stuff is cyclical and stuff continues to come up in your life, the next time that one of these instances happens where your world is rocked, you are much more uh, adept and capable of handling it in real time as it's happening. Right. You want to, you want to, you want you to say something? Chuck? No, I like. I mean, so for forgiveness, I I find forgiveness very interesting, and I'm I'm learning a lot more about forgiveness, um, and the fact that there are different types of forgiveness. Forgiveness. There's yeah. also the fact that sometimes you are still fighting with forgiving somebody. So forgiving is not always is not condoning. It's not somewhat revisiting. It's not. I feel like there are many definitions of forgiveness. And I feel like sometimes, even if you can't forgive that person per se, you have to learn to, one, forgive yourself, and two, release. Yeah. So release that person and the feelings that, that you know, it comes with, that person comes with. Um, I was listening to Tara Walker-Leons, um, and she said some things that I thought were very apt. She talked about, um, full forgiveness, which is basically exoneration. I let you go. I let everything, you know, you did go and everything. I, and the fact that not everybody can fully forgive. And forgive doesn't totally mean to forget because that's something that happens over time. So she was yeah. saying that you can't totally always forgive, right? Full forgiveness is a great thing, but it doesn't always happen. There is also conditional forgiveness where... Now, at this point, you are you are you are somewhat forgiving that that person on a probation until they prove that they're worthy of um, full forgiveness, which will happen over time, right? So, if I cannot forgive you per se because I'm still dealing with what you did, I can at least release you and forgive myself for being in that position release you, release whatever, you know, the feelings that come with you and forgive what you can at the moment and over time grow into full forgiveness. But forgiving yourself is like, I feel like you deserve to forgive yourself. It's it's important for you to forgive yourself so you can move on. If not, you'd be like, um, how we, we have this saying that for unforgiveness is like when you, when you burn a house down just to kill a rat. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> Yes. Yes. All right. Um, Josh, what is betrayal in a relationship? Uh, betrayal in a relationship, I mean, can come in a million different ways. Uh, you know, I think that the the biggest uh, 
way is to find out that somebody has 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 betrayed your trust on a level you never thought was possible. And the two things that uh, seem to be the biggest are some sort of sexual infidelity or something happening uh, to a child or to your joint child. Uh, you know, it's it's there's whether it's some kind of abuse uh, on your part or neglect on your part. Uh, and the other the other uh, parent finds out about it. That's a big one. But the biggest one, the classic one, is some sort of sexual infidelity. You know, you believe whether it's one year or ten years or twenty five years that this person is faithful to you, and then you find out they aren't, and you find out that you know, and, and usually being unfaithful is not a one time thing. A lot of times it's an affair, multiple you know yeah, interactions physically, and not only that. A lot of times what's even worse is that there's the emotional affair part of it, that that you're supposed to be, you know, emotionally intimate with only me. I'm supposed to know your deepest secrets. I'm supposed to know how you really feel. I'm You're supposed to come to me with your fears and your dreams and your hopes and your challenges. But now you're going to another person. So I don't know even who you really are. Because you're sharing who you are with this other person. And when I entered our relationship, I did not agree that I would be sharing you with anybody. And I and you not only, you know, it, it's one thing to come out and say, well, I would like to have, you know, multiple wives. You can then say, well, no, no way. I'm out of here. But you went ahead and you started to have this relationship without me knowing. You lied about it. I mean, the, the term is, you know, gaslighting. You always, if I suspected something, you always tried to throw me off the trail. You know, I, I had a feeling something was going on, but you just kept lying to me. And eventually I found out the truth. So now that I found out the truth that you are not this person, whether it's a man or a woman, because it happens both ways, I found out that you are not yeah. the person I thought you were when it came to sexual fidelity. So if you are not the person I thought when it comes to something as important as sexual fidelity, what about all the stuff that's not as important? What about all the stuff that, you know, you've been telling me for years that you like this movie. Is that true? You've been telling me for years you like this food or you like the color that I chose the bathroom or you like my mom or, you know, you want to you don't want to go to my brother's house for Christmas or whatever, whatever it is, you start to question everything as the partner. What has this person been lying to me about? How long have they been lying to me? You know, this, my world, everything that I trusted, this, this base that I built my world upon, it's like an earthquake. An earthquake is when everything shakes and your foundation and your base cracks and can fall apart. When your foundation cracks, everything above it cracks and falls. And in betrayal trauma, that's essentially your base is cracking and it's causing everything else to fall apart. Hmm. Wow. Choma. I mean, he's, you're so, you're a hundred percent on point. Um, and, and even in infidelity, it, it, it's also the emotional infidelity as you know, there is sexual, but there is emotional infidelity where I start to, I mean, you've always said you like things done a certain way or you like it when I say things like this. And then 
I'm seeing that you're with someone else. You're sounding absolutely different from, you know, who you are to me or who you have shown me that you are. And, and I'm beginning to question what else you're telling me that I should hold on to. And the ripple effect is, it begins to affect everybody else around me. So if I find for a moment, I'm having a great moment with someone that I've always trusted. Um, I'm looking at that person all of a sudden and wondering if he could do that or if she could do that. What are you not, what are you not showing me this moment? Is this real? Is this, am I going to wake up one morning and find that you are not this person? That's why I said the fight, the flight or the freeze mood and how it, it affects you in every other sphere of your life. It starts to make you anything that's close to you or anyone that's close to you, you start to second guess. You start to ask yourself questions about, okay, so am I the person, like, am I really who I am? Is this, everything call, comes into question. So the trauma is emotional, physical, mental. It's, it's, it affects everything, no matter how hard you try to hide it. Let's talk about, let's talk about, let's talk about family. Okay, she's back. Okay, she's back. Network. Sorry. Let's talk about family. Hmm. Happening in families. Let's like, okay, something happened. I know somebody. His father, actually, his mother left the house and the father refused to tell the mother, uh, tell the son the truth about um, his mother's whereabouts and what really happened. And eventually when the man grew up, he found out what eventually happened, that his father has been lying to him. He lied about the name, he lied about um, the community for which she came from. We have another scenario of where a woman lied to her children, telling her children that um, their father is late. Meanwhile, their father was in the United States of America. You understand what I'm saying? And these children kept living with that lie till a certain age where a family member came in to share the story, telling them your father is not dead, your father is in the U.S. And living in Nigeria, you, you know how it is, uh, Choma, when you're living and you hear your father is in the U.S., <laughs> it looks like they had to threaten their mother <laughs> by putting their house on fire. Actually, they had, they had to set the house on fire, telling their mother wow. they will all die inside the house. So it was neighbors and friends that had to rush in and help, you know, rescue the woman. And the woman had to open up. Eventually, they had to reconcile with their father and they left, leaving the woman behind. Now, this is also betrayal trauma, which I believe. Absolutely. Let's talk about it happening in the family. Ah, okay, so <laughs> I'll give you, I'll give you um, an example. Growing up, I'm a PK. I'm a pastor's kid. So, yeah. but I've always been an inquisitive child. I want to know about, I just, I just think the mind is such an amazing place. And I, I, I'm, I'm always, you know, looking to know about the mind and, and human beings and behavior and all of that. Um, so as a child back in secondary school, I was just a happy kid. I would ask questions. I was very inquisitive. My mother said that first, when I started reading, I would literally pick up anything, anybody's letter, anything and read. So I was just a happy child asking questions because I always wanted to know something and something else. And I remember that I spoke to an aunt, my father's sister, I think. And I was asking her questions. I had heard something about sex in school and I was asking her questions. <laughs> and what she did 
was go back to my folks and say, oh, if you don't catch this child now and you don't hold this child, she will become a prostitute. She's asking questions. Oh, yes. This is Nigeria. <laughs> she Sounds like 1920. Welcome to Nigeria. Welcome to Nigeria. Welcome to Nigeria. <laughs> Nigeria. You know, yes, so she this would is this and she would that and she would this and she would that. And I found out later. And when I found out, that was the end of talking to anybody, whether it was my, my mom's siblings or, you know, relatives or my dad's. So I would read. And whatever I read, I could read anything. So whatever I read, I would come up with my own submissions. I'll tell you another one. Uh, and again, till today, I have a hard time telling them stuff. Not because I haven't forgiven them, but because the question is, I now see that, okay, you know what? These guys can't handle that much, that sort of information, right? Um, and that's what growth and discovery would do to you. It help you understand who and how much you should be able to divulge. So another one was when I was, again, in secondary school, um, we have this thing where kids, you know, we would, again, this is a very Nigerian thing. There was this particular, it's called black currant. We used to have those um, treats yeah. that we would have. Yeah. So we will drink it and then you would, it, it was very red, right? So you put it in your mouth and then you do that and then your lips will turn red. So one of those days, my friends and I, had the drink, you know, because it, it was cute to have red lips, right? So you would yeah. do that and we're on our way home and it was um, an uncle per se, but my, my I would say my father's, um, no, my father's brother's something, 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 family member yeah, from yeah, the yeah. wife's side. Um, yeah. <laughs> he saw me, the junction, like the very bus stop of my school was a hotel, yeah. popular hotel in oh, Ojolika. Okay. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> and and he saw me. I saw him and I was looking forward to saying hello. I actually, you know, you know, hello, uncle. And he passed like he didn't see me. So I didn't make anything Whoa. of it. I like I didn't make it. I just felt in fact my friends were laughing at me. Why are you saying hello to somebody who doesn't even know you? Moving on. Randomly one day I wake up and my mom says, You're not going to school. Huh? What's happening? And my mother says, look, when I'm done with you today, you will confess all your sins. And I'm like, okay, what's going on here? I had no clue. This was much later. Turns out, said man um, went to my uncle one of those days where he was talking about, oh, my son is doing this and that. And that one just goes, ah, even the pastor's children, even your brother's daughter. I saw her coming out of a hotel with red lipstick and... You know, oh, yeah. that day she didn't even, she just acted like she didn't see me. That's whoa. Again, I'm telling you. So you can imagine how I came, I, I was home that day asking myself, what in the world did I do? My mother didn't talk to me. She didn't let me do anything in the house till my siblings went to school, came back from school. Like I was in, in so much torment. I couldn't even tell why I was being tormented. And then she sat me down. Again, this is a very Nigerian situation. So you're going to crack up if you're Nigerian. If you're not, you're going to be like, oh. So my mother sits down, calls me to her room, tells me to lock the door and give yeah. her the key. That means you're <laughs> so done. <we're> sitting... <laughs> you're done. <laughs> you know. So we're sitting. She brings out, I don't know what we call, I don't know what it's called, koboku. 
Yeah, it's called yeah. um uh, I'm coming um a cartel been um turned to they use it to, to a whiplash, whip. like you a know. whip, whip, yeah, whiplash, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she brings out like two, three different types, three mouths, one mouth, you know, and then kids, like, fat strokes of like fat sticks, and then the slender one. <laughs> so you know, she puts all of that on the table and says, If you don't, if you lie to me, I will kill you. I will I will do I will do this, I will do that, and then I will show you to your your siblings since you have decided that you're going to become a prostitute and i'm like what is going on so my mother does this whole reverse psychology thing there was one day you came back from school late later than you should have what <laughs> when <laughs> and and you came back from school and you were and you had your lips were red where did you go Where? How? When? I'm just saying, now, these sorts of things, when I, when my mother, when I finally remembered what could have been the case for my lips to be red, and I told her, she had to tell her husband, my father, and my father had to tell his his brother, and they had to say, okay, go and buy the thing that you used. And your lips, and the kid's lips, everybody's lips has to be red. So again, I have to show them how to make your lips red. That's the only way I got saved. But imagine... If, if my, if I could not express myself enough for my mother to believe me and what would have happened to me in the very Nigerian family with all the canes and the whips that we had there, my life would be over. Are you there? Yes, I am. (laughs) And with the punishments, with all the punishment. I couldn't see the man the same way. Your your friends, even family members, you now talk. You now turn to me. Talk of it. No. I don't think your trauma is with your uncle. I think it's with your mother. <laughs> well, guess what? It was because honestly, you you sound like one of my clients. And in telling me that story, what I would tell you is that the problem is not your uncle. He made a mistake, okay. you know, and, and that's it. Your I think ninety percent of that story you just told is about your mother, not your uncle. So in a way, my mother was trying to save me. And I'll tell you why. I finally later found out that my father was so mad. Again, I'm a pastor's kid. So there is a certain standard that we are held up to. So my father, his brother was traveling first thing the next morning, came late in the night to tell him. My father wanted to wake me with like whips. Like my father wanted to flog me into reality from sleep. So my mother had to hold him back. She is the forefront protector of the family. Right? She's trying to protect you, the daughter, the child, but she's also trying to protect the man from shame. So again, she was putting a situation. (laughs) But but your protector should not threaten to kill you. No, no, it's it's a Nigerian Nigerian thing. It's just a psychological thing to make you confess. My my father (laughs) said it to my face. Blessed memory. My father said it to my own face that, see, I will kill you here, bury you. Nobody will ask about you. Mm -hmm. The government won't even hurt me. They will not even come close to you. 
they don't mean that but that's they what they say that. to Just... get your the truth out of you i knew of a man that would i knew of a man that but, would but you you to... reckon but let me say hold on, hold on you recognize that as adults now you recognize that moving forward as a kid who is being threatened to death you may not understand that they are not serious Yes. Because you 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 were not there yet. So what I'm saying yeah. is, yes, of course she wasn't going to kill you. How bad? I mean, forget forget being the a pastor's daughter. When you're the pastor's wife who kills her kid, that looks pretty bad. <laughs> uh, but but when you're a kid, you don't recognize. Well, my mom's not going to kill me because this would look stupid for her to do. But <laughs> when you're a kid, you may think she's actually going to do that to you. Absolutely. And that's that's where the deep trauma that you may not even recognize. That you know, like like I said, ninety percent of your story, and I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to tell you the way things are. Ninety percent of your story was about your mother, not your uncle, and not your father. You know, I I, I think that you know. The fact that we're talking about this random thing and you brought up this story is not coincidental. Nothing's coincidental when it comes to oh, talking no. about your past. No, 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 no. But I'm, no. I'm just so I'm explaining some of the sorts of traumas that children in in Nigeria, for instance, would face. Africa, and when and when you keep uh, you keep growing and you keep looking. So I could have. You're you're very correct in the sense that I could have hated my mom and said. How did you not trust me enough no. to threaten me this much if you wanted to get the truth out of me? True. True. And and you yeah. carry that for the rest of your life saying, so you were going to, so if I couldn't express myself, you would have dealt with me and on, on the basis of what someone said. I trust you to know who your daughter is. Right? Mm. But unfortunately, yeah. I am standing here and you can't fight for me. That in itself is a whole betrayal trauma that people and a, a good number of people in this country are, are going through. Right. Right? If you yeah. don't deal with it, it will crush you. True. Well, I, I don't think that's a Nigerian thing. I think that's happening all over the world at, <laughs> a, a, as we speak, and that's and that's the thing. I mean, I, I can tell you that this is this is kind of minor, but uh, compared to your story. But when I when I learned about uh, resentment and, and betrayal trauma for the first time back mm -hmm. six seven years ago, when I was when I was in a rehab center, um, I had certain you know. Uh, anger towards my father. And it was, well, what does this come from? Where does this happen? And I started to think about it. And I realized when I was a kid, now my parents were school teachers, so they had their most of their summers off. Now, when I was a little kid, we had, we had only one car and it got very hot here in the summertime. My dad would always go golfing. I never saw him very much in the summer. He'd go golfing at night in the springtime or fall. You know, he didn't come home and have dinner with us. He went golfing. And I hate the sport of golf. I mean, I really deeply hate, not as much as I used to, but I really deeply hate the sport of golf. Anytime he asked me to go with him, I would try to come up with reasons not to. And if I did go, I, I hated it the whole time. It was him showing me how awesome he was at golf. And I'm not, and he's, he's very, very good but I'm not nearly as good at it. And it felt like him showing me how good he was. And I reckon, and, and I had this 
resentment towards golf. And I looked at my dad as, why do you pick golf over us? That's not what you should do. You know, my young years, it was always golf. You left your young wife at home with two young kids, you know, in a hot house, no swimming pool, you know, no air conditioning, and you went off and played a game. Now, I now know, having having done the work, I now know that my father, when he was a kid, eight or nine years old, he was a caddy. Um, that's the guy who carries around somebody's golf clubs at a nice at a nice country club. My dad was very very poor. He, at eight or nine years old, had to go to work. To he had to get out of his house. His parents were alcoholics; they were abusive. He needed to get out of his house. He found this golf course five miles from his house. And he, they gave him a job at eight or nine years old to carry around 40 pounds of golf clubs, you know, eight or, eight, eight or nine. He, he started to, you know, work his way up in the caddy ranks. He, by 14 or 15, he was in charge of all the caddies. By 17, he was running the store at the golf course. And he was taking lessons from professionals. And he had natural talent, was told he had natural talent. So golf for my father has always been this thing that kind of saves him. It's his special it's place. It makes him feel safe. It makes him feel better. Now he just didn't understand that what it felt like for me as a little kid to see my dad always leaving because he had his own stuff to deal with and he dealt with it through golf. Now I understand that. Does that excuse his behavior? No. He should have been home more often with his wife and his two kids. He should have come home at night after work, you know, in, in the spring and the fall more often and not been with his kids. But now I understand where he's coming from. And understanding where he's coming from has allowed me to drop that resentment. So I, 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 it's not that I don't have unresolved trauma over golf. It's that I have resolved trauma. Because I can't forget about it. It's not like mm -hmm. it never happened, but I worked my way through it and I understand the different angles of it. And what I'm able to do now is reach a place that in, in uh, psychology is called radical acceptance. And what that means is that I can't change the past. There's nothing I can do to change all those days my dad went golfing. I can either hate golf and, and, and be mad at my dad forever for doing that, but nothing can change. So what I need to do is just accept that happened, deal with the emotions, learn different aspects of it. Like, like you know, golf was a safe thing for my dad when he was eight years old. Well, that's tragic for an eight-year-old kid to have to carry around golf clubs and hope to get, you know, a dime or 25 cents. That's very sad. It doesn't excuse his behavior when he was 30, 35 years old, but it helps me understand it. And it helped me reach a place of forgiveness. Now, has my father ever apologized to me for all his golf? No. no. I've, even, I've even told him about it, but he's not apologized about it, but he doesn't need to because I've forgiven him. I've worked through it. I know that that was, I know that was a, a touch point for a lot of my betrayal trauma with him when I was young. I don't need him to say sorry. Um, I told him what I thought it, the role I thought it played. I got that off my chest, and now I don't care about golf. I don't care when he golfs. I don't, you know, if if it makes him feel good, fantastic. I think he made some mistakes when when he was younger, but that it, it is what it is. 
it is what it is. I can't change it. I, I dealt with it. And now, you know, on to the next thing. You know, Josh, I like that you said this. Sorry to interrupt you, Chino, and watch no, no, no. But he, he's just done something. I, I, I like that you said this because you still hit on what we said before, that no one kind of owes you anything, right? You know, don't expect yeah. that person to apologize because they will not always understand. In fact, right. um, it gets you to understand that sometimes betrayal, that betrayal is not about you. It's not always right. about you. You're sometimes just a casualty of the war, the casualty of someone's experience, mm. someone's decision. So it's, it's yeah. if, you, if you realize that it helps you, sometimes it has nothing, that betrayal has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with you. As far as he's concerned, that's his safe space. That's his getaway. That's the only place that he can find Zen. And guess what? For all you know, if he goes golfing, when he comes back, he's in a better place to handle whatever is thrown at him. Right. Right. So that was his, his coping mechanism. He yep. probably doesn't even realize or his mind has shut down to how it all started. He just knows that this is my safe space. It works for me. If you don't understand, that's on you. That's not my business. And that's why he's not apologized. Right. Exactly. And, and, and the thing, the important thing also is to point out, I don't need the apology to Absolutely. process it. I don't need the apology to move on. I think there are a lot of people who get into this, and I, I don't want to necessarily call it victim mentality, but they yeah. get into this hamster wheel of just running in circles, waiting for something else to happen on the outside. You know, once that hamster wheel gets going, the only way, if, if somebody stops it, you're going to go flying off. What you need to do is slow yourself down and step off the hamster wheel because you're the only one who's going to get through it. When I tell people, when I coach them, I start by saying, I can, everything I say may be wrong. Every, and, and everything I say may be right. All I can do is guide you. You are the one who has to get through this. A lot of people can get through this without a guide. That's fine. A lot of people never even try. A lot of people never even figure out how to do it correctly. That's why having a coach or a therapist or a counselor is, is a good thing. And uh, it's also important to point out that uh, having a trusted advisor who is perhaps, you know, your sister, your brother, your best friend, that's not always a good thing. A lot of times it's good to have that third party to help you through it. Yes. Because, you know, if I, 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 I love my wife, I've been married for 18 years, amazing woman. But if she and I have a fight and I go to my brother and I was like, oh, so-and-so and she's acting like this and blah, 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 he's going to take my side. He's going to take my side no matter what. True. And maybe it's my fault. So my brother cannot be good perspective. My mom cannot be good perspective if I'm complaining about something because they're going to take my side no matter what. So if you, anybody who's listening, if you get to a place that you... Uh, you, you need to have this kind of clarity. You have to go, you have to get through it yourself. You have to make that journey on your own. You can't expect it from the others and, and you can't, uh, you can't just stand there waiting for it to happen. And unfortunately way too many people in this world do. And while they're waiting, more trauma happens and more trauma happens and more trauma happens. And they end up leading a low quality life, which which is tragic in a lot of ways because you only get to ride on this planet one time. So don't be waiting for closure. 
Don't always wait for closure. Ready, be ready to forgive or just release that person. Don't be stuck in someone else's internal struggles because, you know, True. you don't need that. But you know, that also points out to starting to love yourself again. Then, yeah. Going back to that point where you're finding your happy place, you're finding the things that make you, you're rediscovering yourself and, and accepting, you know what, this is me, this is who I am. These are the things that have, you know, fashioned my life in a certain way. I can be a better person if I just let myself be the better part of me. So it's, it's the process of allowing yourself to start appreciating yourself feeling like you 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 should be more you can be more you deserve you know a better life yeah and i, I want to point out i want to just quickly point out that when i worked through my trauma my trauma was my main problem you know i i was an addict of pornography for 24 years i was an addict of alcohol for 22 years i tried a whole lot of other stuff along the way that i shouldn't have now why did i do this the, my problem wasn't addiction. It was a symptom of my problem. My problem was trauma. When I worked through that trauma, when I faced it head on, when I got through it, I didn't need the coping mechanisms anymore. You know, I tell people this and some of them, you know, have a hard time believing it wasn't that hard for me to quit porn. It wasn't that hard for me to quit alcohol once I started working through the reasons I used it. There are a lot of people who, oh, I'm going to quit drinking and it's so hard and I can't. Uh. Well, the, here's the thing. You're not drinking just because the stuff tastes good. You're mm -hmm. drinking to escape something. What is it you're escaping? Go deal with that. Because once you've dealt with that, you won't need the alcohol or the drug or whatever it is you're using. You won't need this addiction because the cause of the addiction has been resolved. True. True. Now, this leads to next question. What, what leads to betrayal? Trust. End the story. <laughs> trust. It's that simple. I trust you. Yeah. The chances of betrayal are very here, 50-50. Mm. Yeah. No, that's, that's, and it, it, it's, it's that simple. And, and it's, it's, it's in, interpretation of trust too you know because yes. like i said my brother and i have been through many of the same things we've handled it very differently you know everybody is is a little bit different in how they handle things and uh you know just because my brother doesn't remember something doesn't mean it didn't happen to us just because i had a negative reaction to something doesn't mean it didn't happen to us. My brother, he may remember stuff that I don't remember. And that doesn't mean it didn't happen. You know, everybody is different and it does come down, it comes down to trust, comes down to your interpretation of trust. The trust is individual. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, but we can't stay without trusting people. That's just the question. We can't stay without trusting people. Once in a, once, or should I say once in a while, we'll just let it go, allow people come in, because I know trust is earned, but sometimes you just find yourself letting go, especially when you're trying to discover yourself. I think trust is one thing you should be open to. I don't know if I'm making sense or if it's correct. Yeah, I agree I just, with. I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
No, 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 you go ahead. Okay, I, well, I was just going to say that, you know, you're absolutely correct. And I feel like in in myself, in the people that I coach, they're some of the most trusting people on earth. And that doesn't change. And I think that's a good thing. I think that very few people, you know, p- people can lie to you, you know, oh, yeah, I, I saw that movie. Well, whatever, it doesn't matter. That's not really betrayal. But I think that uh, the people who suffer betrayal are often the first to trust. And I think it's hugely important to trust people. I, I assume I trust people, you know, I just assume to trust people no matter what, like, you know, I look, you live in an absolutely beautiful house, brother Michael. I mean, I love the painting behind you. I love your view out that window and all your fancy furniture right behind you. You know, I trust you live in a wonderful palace and that's such a great living room you have behind you. I, I, I trust that 100%. Um, you know, I wish I wish I lived someplace as nice as you did right there with that beautiful lamp and that giant painting. That's that's I I base my trust on stuff like that. I yes, I, I I I I agree with you to a very large extent, but I also realize that as we grow older and as we you know discover ourselves, we real we have mm-hmm. to somewhat realize that you know, we have to pay attention to the details. Sometimes people, I I don't think sometimes, I think people largely, generally, you know, be good spirited, be open-minded, but when you're letting someone into your private space, the person somewhat has to earn it. The person somewhat has to, you know, over time, I mean, with family and family, you can't, they're there in your space from birth, right? But I'm saying as you grow older, you start to realize that, okay, I should trust is beautiful to trust, but I also need to give people need to give me reasons to trust. And I need to pay attention to, you know, those tiny little details, because if not, I would end up trusting someone that I shouldn't have even when on all the signs were there not to trust that person. And as such, you are putting yourself out there ready for betrayal. And then you now start to, you know, beat yourself up for the mistake that you have made. So while we're trusting, as you you advance in life and you grow older, you start to realize that there should be some basis to that trust. I should have reasons I should trust you. And I should also open my mind to the fact that you are not perfect. I'm not perfect either. Okay? Yeah. So yeah. If, if chances are you would do something. You know, sometimes betrayal sometimes is some, someone can betray you in their mind in your best interest. So someone seeking intervention for you because you have a, let's say, porn addiction. Um, this person is so close to you, <laughs> so close to you. And so they want to help you. And as such, they go to someone that they find that you regard or esteem very highly in your life. And they tell because they want to help you. Mm-hmm. It comes from a good place. But it doesn't change the fact for you that you have been betrayed. Betrayed. True. So again, these things, that's that's what we say. It's not always all, all about you. If you realize that sometimes people do it, you have to, I, I say, don't go for the sordid details as to, oh, what did they do exactly? How did they do it? No. Find out why would, why could they possibly have done that? Could, you know, could there be something, could there be something, um, that they're doing in my interest as well. And then why did I feel betrayed by this person? 
how did I look at this person or esteem this person enough to feel betrayed? So if you go through those sorts of questions as opposed to the sordid details of how exactly they betrayed you, in what light, in what way, to whom, exactly what they said, you will find yourself understanding the situation and probably starting to heal or finding your way to healing. That's what I think. Well, so let's say... I know we ought to move to the next question, but in the process of healing or in the process of, let's say, in discovering yourself, I think we should give a little space, a little room for betrayal. Because if we're going to open up and trust, definitely people will betray. Mm-hmm. You agree? So it's just simple. As you're growing, getting better by the day, give a little room for betrayal because surely it will come. But it depends on how you get to handle it and get over yes. it. Yes. That's what matters. Um, to the next question. Well, we're almost out of time. What are the what what are the short and long term effects of betrayal? Maybe well, first. Ladies first. No, I, I thought Josh is giving us one one beautiful example. Forever Josh will hate golf because he sees it in a different light, and and that's actually the that's that's one of the long term you know effects of betrayal because because if especially if you don't heal from that situation, you will have a certain notion. There will be things that will naturally always trigger you, even if they were not intended to. Even if the person, this innocent person in your present, had no idea about your past. They say, make a statement, and then you remember somebody, somebody who betrayed you, made you feel a certain way. That's a trigger. The trauma comes back, and you know it can mess up. It can mess up your future, future relationship, present relationships, and it can totally just again keep you stuck in a place. I think that's for me one of the, the some of the long term effects of it. Short term effects of it, of course, you're short fused. You're either Running away from everybody flight, you're either fighting everybody back fight, or you're either just numb in the zone, freeze. <laughs> That's what I think. Josh. Yeah, it, in in my case, you know, it led to addiction. I was a child who who suffered, you know, sexual and you know, mental abuse at the hands of a babysitter for several years. And I had to basically survive those days and just get through to the next day. And then when I was, you know, 12 years old, I discovered pornography and it made me feel much better. Made me forget about what happened at that place. Two years later, I discovered alcohol. Made me feel so much better. Made me forget about that place. Well, if alcohol and and pornography can make me forget about the worst thing that ever happened to me, I bet it will work great on some of the smaller things. Just like a bad day at work or a small fight with a friend that's not that big a deal. Well, alcohol and porn can help that. So for 20 years... I turned to alcohol and porn to be the things that made me feel better. That's what trauma led me to because I didn't have the skills, the knowledge, the ability to communicate it, you know, all of these different things. I had not heard of, you know, betrayal trauma. I'd not heard of really, you know, I I knew the word trauma. I thought it meant, you know, the bruise you get when you get hit in the head. Um, 
you know, that, that's, that's, you know, I knew there was a trauma center at the hospital, but I didn't, you know, I, I, I never heard of anybody with, uh, you know, anything mental health related going there. It was always physical. So, um, you know, I dealt with it in very unhealthy ways, you know, and, and that's, that's unfortunate because I lost a lot of time, but thankfully, you know, I, I had the addictions hit. I decided to go get help and I learned about all of this other stuff that I needed to deal with this other stuff. And that's one of the reasons that I now coach is because I watched in, in it wasn't super bad, but I watched my wife go through betrayal trauma when it came out that I was a pornography addict and seeing what she was going through. I could relate not because of you know that specific lie, but I could relate because of stuff that happened to me when I was younger. And I started, I started to coach porn addicts. And what happened was a lot of their wives and girlfriends, they started to want to talk to me because I could speak that language of the addict, but I also understood what they were going through because of the betrayal trauma, because I learned of it. And that's really, you know, I have found that there's this compassionate bone in my body, believe it or not, that likes to help people get through this process. And when somebody comes to me for help, you know, I tell them, I'm not going to give you crystals. I'm not going to burn sage. I'm not going to, you know, we're not going to do yoga and dance around. I'm going to talk to you about this because that's what got me through to the other side. And I think that if we do not talk, whether we are six years old, 26 years old, or 86 years old, if we don't talk about what's bothering us, if we don't talk about what's important to us, if we don't share our truth, we allow people to share their lies. And that's what's important is that you can lie to me all day long now. And if I find out I am not going to be as bothered because I have some skills now uh, about that, you know, and, and, and I think that a lot of this is self-care. You know, I'm the only one who's going to get myself to the other side of trauma. And that's what people have to recognize, uh, again, is that you are driving this, whether it's trauma, whether it's addiction, whether it's losing weight, whether it's learning the piano. These things in life you have to do for yourself. You can't wait for someone else. And I think that we live in a society now where we can look everything up on our phone in two seconds and we can pop a meal into the microwave and be eating in 30 seconds. And I think that we just expect easy, quick answers. Uh, we expect things to be uh, given to us. And frankly, I think the way you get through trauma in 2021 is probably the same way they got through trauma in 1921. Probably nothing's going to change. And it's just a matter of understanding you have to do the hard work to get through it. You're never going to learn the piano unless you sit there for hundreds of hours and do the hard work. Well, you're never going to know what happened to you. You're never going to get through these these deep lies, these deep betrayals, these deep negative feelings, unless you sit there and spend the hours going through it. Mm, I totally beautiful. agree with you. I do. I, I'm glad that you talked about talk therapy because that is another thing. That's that's You need to find a way to express. You need to find a way to pour out those feelings. And I know that in 2021, you know, there's social media, but then again, there's more reason not to trust people in 2021 because everybody can put everything out there. So I, I, I think also for me, 
personally, when I started to go through the uh, motions of somewhat finding myself, I found this therapy and over the years has, it's been very effective. It's if I cannot say what I want to say to who I want to say it to, I get a book, get a journal and I write. So um, you can write a letter to the person that you mean to say what you, what, what hurts you, right? You, You never have to send the letter. We just pour it all out on the page, just the way that you feel feel about it. And I find that writing those sorts of letters help. Um, if you're spiritual, write a letter, dare God, and tell him exactly how you feel about whatever has happened to you, how he made you feel, what it, you know, pour all of those things out. Because the more you express, the more you can actually come to terms with what you are feeling. Sometimes we're bottled in, we're carrying in so many things that we're feeling and we, we don't get an outlet. If you don't get an outlet, it will crush you. It will eat you from within. So if you cannot talk to somebody about it, get a page, get a book and write your feelings. I tell teenagers this and I find that it's been very effective for teenagers as well because when they're pouring their thoughts out, they're able to manage their emotions and control themselves. If not, mood swings everywhere. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much for the contributions. I, to be honest, we don't have much time, but we have a lot of questions to still ask. Because, to be honest, we're get, it's still getting interesting. Every question has its own unique answer. And I'm so grateful for this topic because it's our learning as well so please uh to the audience please do feel free to ask your questions if you have any questions to ask and um, don't forget to subscribe to our youtube channels as well um now to the next but i also think this is also important what are the warning signs of betrayal I, I, I don't know if there are a lot. I mean, you can you can look for warning signs of a sketchy person. You can look for warning signs of someone who maybe lies a bit and, you know, just th- them acting differently. You know, when it comes to something like cheating, you know, them acting differently, that, their routines being a little different. But I think that uh, betrayal is is betrayal by nature, by definition, hits you in the side of the head like you're not seeing it. Now, it's almost like imagine, and here's a different type of trauma, but we can imagine it. You have a, you know, family relative who comes down with cancer. They have cancer for five years and they eventually die. Nobody is surprised. You have a relative who is 99 years old. They die. Nobody is surprised. The person's 99. However, if you have a 36-year-old brother who all of a sudden is struck by a bus and killed. Nobody saw that coming. Nobody had any time to prepare. Nobody was ready emotionally. All of a sudden it's there. It's that kind of way of hitting you. That's a different kind of trauma, but that's it. You don't see it coming. It just smacks you. That's, that's why it's so deep is that there's no way that, you know, my husband or wife could cheat on me. There's no way that my parents would ever put me in harm's danger. There's no way that they would ever pick something over me. And then all of a sudden that happens and that rocks your world. You get a phone call, you know, this could be the last day for any of us. Imagine that, you know, we get a phone call later that one of us has died. 
That's going to shock us to the core. We can't prepare for it. And that's, that's what makes it so dangerous, so powerful, so insidious, is that you do not see it coming. Absolutely. That's what makes it so traumatic as well. It's like a double cross. Like it just, you're yeah. not supposed to see coming. The first thing is a traitor. And unfortunately, they're, they're working for two camps and you're not, they don't, I mean, if they've been walking you through the process of betraying you, then it's not news. It's not new to you. But if they hit you in their head from, which is how it normally happens, they hit you from, no, you don't see it coming. And that's how, that's why it has the effect that it has so much that it becomes a traumatic experience that affects you psychologically and emotionally and mentally and begins to take over the rest of your life. Hmm. So well said. So well said. So um, many no 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 warning signs. We can't watch out for for any anything. We'll just be open and let it. Anything that comes, we'll just take it. Wow. So let's say um, why why is betrayal so painful? Same reason because nobody sees it coming because you're not expecting it because. Because you can go to, like, for the rest, for the past, God knows how long, depending on who you're dealing with, I could I could have sworn this person is in my corner. You know, if I'm going to sleep with my eye open, if it's someone else, with this person, I would sleep with my eyes closed. I will sleep and snore. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, that's the person that you're supposed to be running away from. If you see an enemy from outside, you see it coming. You know, you know how to protect yourself. This one is right in front of you. And he's smiling at you and then takes a knife, puts it through you, is staring at you eye eye to eye and is doing what they're doing. So, yeah, I, I don't think anything could be any scarier than that. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, you have well, anything it, to contribute? It, it, it destroys your reality. You know, what, what if I told you right now, this whole thing about needing to eat food to survive, it's not true. You don't have to eat food. That, that doesn't make sense. You know, people hearing that, that doesn't make sense. Well, that's True. what the betrayal is like. You are taking something that is a fundamental truth that you can count on 100% and absolutely destroying it. You know, that's, that's, that's a very big deal. You know, we have these basic needs, and when, we're, when they're met, we can become better as people. It's, it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. When one of those basic needs is threatened, you know, that's security. That threat with betrayal is our security. Everything, I, I believe everything comes out of either love or fear. Now, when you trust, that is out of love. That is out of, you know, that, that, is, that is a loving gesture to trust. And yeah. now that person who you extended that trust to broke it. And where does that put you? That puts that puts that person into the camp of fear. Now you don't know what to trust. Now you don't know what to believe. You don't know what this person's capable of. You don't know who this person is. To take something from the trust, it's easy to take something from the fear category and put it into the trust category. That just takes time. But yeah. to take something from the trust category and put it into the fear category, again, that's almost tragic. That is sad. That is that is depressing that something that you counted on that you loved now has to be something different. It's it's like I said, it's it's almost a tragedy. 
So, I just thought yeah. about imagine imagine Josh talking to us about his father and everything, and then you hear that Josh is not human, he's a robot. Imagine how that would jar <laughs> our reality. I would I would I would breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> that would explain so much. My, my, BB, my you just got me my, on this one. BBB, you just got me on this one. Yeah. My <laughs> family would say, oh, oh, okay, okay, that explains it. That would be a relief to my family. There were probably people in my family who would stop drinking if they found that out. You really got me on that one. Josh, come on. Help me out, please, please. Oh goodness! Now, now straight to the next. This goes. This leads to this next question. Can I totally forgive and forget someone who betrayed me? Because some people find it really difficult. I know we've, we've spoken about it earlier and trying to forgive yourself, and you know. But I know some people will be like, "Are you sure I can?" Do you think? Does it make sense? I Go say ahead. yourself. I say yes, you can. I mean, again, we've talked about it. There's full forgiveness, there's conditional forgiveness, there's false forgiveness, and then there's unforgiveness. Um, you can, but like I mentioned, don't always expect that someone will fully, absolutely, you know, hundred percent forgive you and exonerate you or of of whatever it is that's happened. Number two, don't expect yourself to hundred percent forgive. Be willing to, but don't expect yourself and don't expect it to happen overnight. Allow yourself the process of the same way it's taking you a while to realize that this actually happened, that this person actually did what they did. You need to also let yourself take in that process of letting go. So over time, it will happen. For some people, it might happen faster than other people. But it can start from conditional forgiveness and grow into full forgiveness. Allow yourself the right to heal and go through the process. Because time, they say, heals all things. And in a large sense, it does happen when you choose to make it happen. So it's a, it's a, it's a decision and it's also a process. That's what I think. Josh? Yeah, I don't think you, you can't forget. You know, that's, that's just, that's just a function of human nature. You you can forget, but you don't realize you forgot because you can't remember that thing. You cannot sit here and say, okay, I, you know, I'm going to forget that I've ever been on your show. Sure. Oh, wait, no, I remember. <laughs> so, so really what it is, it's, it's, it's a matter of reconciling. Uh, it's not a matter of forgetting. Like I said, unresolved trauma just becomes resolved trauma. You're not going to forget it. I remember everything that's happened to me, but I worked through it. I, I reconciled with it. I came to an understanding within myself about it. And, you know, yes, true. There may never be 100% forgiveness. I think I'm the kind of person who can forgive more easily than a lot of people. Uh, but some people can't completely forgive. Um, that's, that's okay. But just don't let that type of energy bring you down. Um, mm -hmm. that, that's, that's the most important thing is what kind of quality life can you have? 
I know that if I walk around angry at people for any perceived wrongs they did to me, if I walk around resentful of people, it takes too much of my energy. I have too many other things to do. So what I do is I worked through the trauma and then I put it on a shelf. And I think that's a little bit of what you meant early on when you say, just forget about it. Well, I worked through it and I can't fully forget about it, but I dealt with it and now I'm going to move on. Like I dealt with school like I dealt with my kids when they were little, like I've dealt with so many things, and then you move on, you just, you you don't fully forget about it, and nor should you, because it will make you a better, fuller, well-rounded, right. smarter, more self-realized individual in the long run. Growth mm. and discovery. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. So let's close this question, um, the business with this final question. What are the medical consequences of betrayal? Josh, this is all on you. <laughs> Wait, I just I just saw a shadow. Are you really not in a palace? Is that what is that really is that really not your view? That's my view. That's my that, view, Josh. That painting isn't there. <laughs> oh my gosh. What? Josh! I thought I, I thought yes! I was dealing with, like, dealing with a Nigerian prince. I have been getting emails. I've been getting emails from Nigerian princes for 20 years <laughs> telling me that they have millions that they can share with me. And I thought you were Nigerian. I keep coming on your show every month because I think you're a rich Nigerian prince. And that's just that's not even real behind you. Oh my god, I feel so I feel so betrayed. I feel so betrayed. Josh, don't worry. This is this is everything here is real. Yeah, see, <laughs> watch, look, 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 look at mine. Mine, I can I see mine is inside. see, I can move my painting. <laughs> my painting's all look, the way up there. She can move her paintings. How come you can't, huh? <laughs> I'm far from, I'm from, I'm very far from the painting. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, yes, yes, oh, yes. So near, though. It's because your house is so big. I mean, that's that's kind of weird how how your room reflects that light like that. That's crazy. That that doesn't happen in the real world, and at least in America, oh I don't know how you're getting that reflection going. Okay, the, the medical, the medical, the medical results can be almost anything. What are the what are the you know how you handle stress, how you handle shock how you handle, you know, negative things. Some people, it, hey, some people get through life, you know, burying things, like you said. Some people get through life, you know, forcing themselves to just put their head down and go forward. I don't think that's healthy, but some people get through life that way. Some people, you know, are complete, I don't say basket cases because it's not their fault, but they can't handle anything. So they have to learn, you know, very early on how to deal with this because it will cause things, ulcers, you know, it'll cause heart disease. It'll cause, you know, uh, it'll cause addictions. Like, you know, that that's a medical reaction to trauma is addictions. It's, it's very, very negative and it's never the same for two people. And I think that's why it took so long for us to wrap our, our arms, not just around trauma, but around mental health, because you can't see the boo-boo. If I hit you in the head with a shovel, hey, there, there's your trauma right there. I see it. Yeah. But what about the trauma inside the head? I think we're just starting to accept that now, just starting to really understand mental health. And I, I think we are on, we're at the very beginning of a journey here. And in 20, 30 years, you know, we'll look back 
and say, wow, this we are in the dark ages right now when it comes to mental health, when it comes to processing some of this stuff. Um, you know, it, it can it it can result in almost any kind of uh, of reaction. Um, and uh, because it's a it's it's like I said earlier, it's insidious. It can eat you alive and it doesn't eat two people alive the same way. It's not like, you know, a lung cancer or diabetes or, you know, things like this that are physical. It's mental. So it's hard to see. It's hard to diagnose. And the person themselves has to heal from it. There are no drugs. There is no medicine. There is no wrapping up your leg or put it in, in a splint. You know, this is something that has to come from within, and we're just learning that. Now, okay, what the hell was that? <laughs> you saw it too, right? <laughs> oh, what the hell? I'm, I'm trying to give this, I'm giving this wonderful, heartfelt speech, and suddenly it's 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 Women's Wear Daily Magazine over to the side. <laughs> don't, don't worry. So just take it out. <laughs> Oh God! I'm worried what pictures you have of me that are going to come up. I... <laughs> Emma, Josh, never mind. Never, honestly, <laughs> something. Else. Don't worry, don't worry, Josh. Are you done with the speech? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know what you're going to show a picture of next. No, 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 no. <laughs> Josh, Josh. Next time, oh, I'll make gosh. sure. I take enough ex- oxygen before I get you into the show because okay, good. Hey, he's having caffeine and protein shakes, so I told yeah. you. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You said it. Yeah. <laughs> Next time, please don't have it. Don't have that protein shake. Again. Oh, you don't please, want that because this, 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 this is what you'll this is what you'll see if I don't have caffeine. <laughs> Josh, you're killing me. Close, oh. I either you come to Nigeria, and when you come to Nigeria. I will take you on a food tour. I will be happy. Oh, nice. Nice. There's my incentive. It's not for you. It's for Joshy. Look. Yeah. Yeah. What are you What are you interjecting yourself for? I mean, what do you want to eat that you haven't eaten in Nigeria? Oh, there are some, there are some other delicacies now that I need to eat. Ah, Josh, Josh, I'm jealous of Josh. I'm, because Chema is going to spoil you. When I mean spoil, Good. she's going to spoil Oily with good well, food. I know you, you've, oh. already, you've already admitted your love for her, like publicly. So, uh, Josh, Josh, yes. Josh, his wife might be listening. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Listening. I know. I got, hear it now. I'm going to teach you how to be a proper betrayer because you're not doing it right. <laughs> this is Josh, please, 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 please. please. <laughs> Well, to all my viewers, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for, you know, just, I, I just hope you had fun because I've been laughing my ass off, but thank you so much for joining us on today's show, and um, almost done, we're just about to wrap the show. I want to thank my amazing, amazing brother from another mother that has a different skin, all the way from Las Vegas, my sister, yes. Uh, Choma BBB, Triple B, the big, the big, bold and beautiful. Thank you so much. Joshua, you're amazing. You're Honestly. right. You are amazing, I, Josh. I'm going to follow you on Instagram now. Thank you. Please, please do. <laughs> All right. Um, straight to the next um, thing. Sorry, that's my alarm trying to tell me we're late. Um, yes. 
ladies first. Choma, where can people meet you? I'm on social media, particularly, or more so on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, at Chema BBB, at Chema BBB, big, bold, beautiful. Yes, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. It's been displayed, Instagram.com slash BBB, Twitter slash BBB. You can find her there. Yes, Josh. The man uh, everything everything I do is called P Addict Recovery. Uh, come to my website. That will lead you to my coaching. That'll lead you to the books that I've written. Uh, I put up a couple articles a week. If you have any issues with uh, addiction, there are a lot of resources there. On social media, it is P Addict Recovery. On Twitter, I'm sometimes there, sometimes not. Uh, I'm on Instagram every day. P Addict Recovery. Um, and, uh, I think that you'll learn a lot if you follow me on there. So please do. All right. Thank you so much. And, um, to all my viewers, I want to say thank you for, you know, staying tuned. Um, I love every bit of the show because it's really exciting. And like I said, yes, there are three amazing people I want to celebrate today's their birthday and they're lucky, not actually lucky, but I'm happy to have them. To, to to like give this birthday shout outs to them. Yes, three amazing people. First, yes, I know Josh has been looking at to know where this um, stuff is coming from, where the picture is coming from. Now you're going to sit now. Yes, um, first birthday shout out goes to Mrs. Pastor Mrs. Uche Francisca Gabriel, the mother general and the deputy general overseer of the throne of mercy. International um, Trend of Mercy Liberation and Deliverance Ministry International. Yes, uh, today is our day. We're going to say happy birthday, mommy. Happy birthday to our wonderful mother, sister, wife, and my friend. Mommy, I wish you. Sorry. <clears throat> Sorry for that. Seems as if my village people are there at work. <laughs> Just now, about to give you a beautiful shout out. and. My voice is about cracking. You but don't I have say, to start. You don't have to cry. You know, it's just her birthday. I know, right? Oh, come it's on, my Josh. Please allow me to give my speech now. Please now, Josh. <laughs> yes, mommy. We're saying happy birthday. We wish you long life, good health. Mm? We we'll pray for more grace to excel in the ministry and also, you know, to do well. And we pray you touch more lives. God bless you, mommy. We love you. Thank you. The next person, yes. Hey, dun, 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 is the barista Olumide. Omoshebi. He's a very, he's a very good friend, brother from another mother. Josh, this is another brother. I'm going to pay you and him very soon. In fact, I think it will be you, him, and Choma. And in fact, I'll need to sign out myself because i know <laughs> i was gonna say you're in trouble i i, I have I'll i have a hat to. like that i have a hat like that you make him bring that hat that day and we'll both wear our hats Ooh, i'll tell him okay I'll, and, Ch- and Chema has that kind of hat in fact i'll get mine in fact it'll be a hat competition that day <laughs> <laughs> well happy birthday to you boss my brother barista olmide omashebi you've been an amazing friend and um, a wonderful guest on this show Happy birthday. I pray that God will continue to strengthen you. Amen. Make you... Um, hey, I'm looking for a word. 
your journey has not started actually mm. and the lives you've touched you've not started at all because this is a man that has been touching lives here in nigeria with Very his, true. Um, with his shows with his with his um I'm looking for words for his shows and also we do a show together on Instagram every yes, Thursday at 8 p 8 10 p.m. So yes. just before you say I do. And then mm. on sun Saturdays, he does a show Saturday mornings um on Nigerian radio. Um yes. and it's called Relationship 360. 60. Then he has another one that is still on that will be on, on Saturday afternoon called um Gino's Meet, right, Choma? No says meet. G-N-O-S-I-S. Gnosis Meat. Yes, it's 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 beautiful. Imagine last week, Saturday, and I and my wife were, were, were listening, and my wife was asking me, please, where did you get this man from? Did you say this man is a lawyer? Because when he was interpreting the spirituality, when it comes to the Christian part of marriage, how people have been deceived, how people have been naive about understanding marriage, it blew my wife off. And I, I was even, I was like, wow. <laughs> I'm a minister, but I learned that day. So, happy birthday, sir. I love you so much, and God will continue to strengthen you and bless Amen. you. Uh, he will give you more grace to excel beautifully, Amen. in Jesus' name. Um, the next person is my in-law. That's my wife's... Um, if I tell you this, you will laugh. This is my wife's nephew. Yes. But he's older than my wife, so just let's, let's just look it like right. that. Yes. <laughs> this is um, Chief um chima wodo today's your day god bless you my amazing in-law i'm going to say this in Igbo a bit so josh please um don't be offended chima will understand at all times you've been a friend and a brother to me god bless you i love you may you josh he means great in-law yeah you're a fantastic in-law and and you know it's just yeah, talking short, about short how us short us short us I think you just just apologized to the audience for me without (laughs) Josh. Oh God, help me, help me. Now, twelve years. I'm sorry. I hope I hope you don't feel embarrassed. Josh is just just getting me up. Now, if you've not visited the uh, um, what's it called the website. Our new website, www.pottv.tv, please do. And also register as well. Can you call it again with emphasis? Okay, www. I'll do it like this. Like someone on radio said, please, can you say it again? And he said, W, W, W. Jesus, I have places to go today. I know, right? www.pottv.tv. Yes, please do. Um, you know, visit there for more exciting shows. I need to wrap up because we're done already. Um, so sorry. Next is it's already live. Um, the Benegis, yes, Benegis show. It's it's an interactive and educating program. They talk about um finance, yes, and being an entrepreneur which, when it goes with everything i'm just trying to cut off please don't be angry um yes i just need to cut off because we're done already so to all my viewers please please i beg you Choma, don't cut wait please to all my viewers i beg you mm? always be safe stay safe covid is still around the corner like yes let me ask yes uh-huh josh have you taken your jab what's that have you taken your jab have you taken your jab your vaccine Oh yeah, of course I have jab. Okay, yeah, um, y- yeah. I took both of them. Both of them. So, which of them did you take? 
uh, Moderna. I had to take them to go to Hawaii. Oh, nice. oh all right, all right. I hope you do. You ain't doing after it. That happens anyway. Um, <laughs> I knew I was going to say something. That's just that's just that's just a long day. Uh, <laughs> please, no, please, no, help me. My wife, just, my say. wife just puts me in the rocking chair and and lets me go. And, you know, I rock myself to sleep. Um, yeah, no, I I got I got them both, and everybody should. Um, you know, here here in America, people are crazy right now so a lot of people aren't but this is science and uh this has nothing to do with politics this has nothing to do with religion this has nothing to do with deep beliefs we had this horrible scientific thing happen to us that happens every 100 150 years we happen to be on earth when it happened it's going to happen mm -hmm. again someday mm -hmm. we need to fight this stuff take your vaccines and make the world a safer place mm -hmm. b b b did you, have you have you had your job? No, I haven't actually. But I've been more indoorsy, so there's that. Um, you know that it's that there's not enough to go around for all of us yet, but yeah. it's coming in. So no, I haven't yet. Well, but I'm uh, doing every I'm doing everything to stay safe because you know you need to have follow those precautions and yeah. following them absolutely. Yeah. All right. So to all my viewers, so you can see. Um, have you taken the shots, Chin? Watching Actually, I've booked, but not yet. Also, <laughs> I really need to 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 take it because I need to protect myself and my family from this. Um, so, Josh, what he's trying to say is, just like me, he hasn't taken the job. This no, this it's, whole... it's 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 very clear. It's very clear who I'm sitting with here. I mean, just kind of <laughs> what what bunch of no, bunch of vaccine deniers. Hey, Jesus, oh, Lord, I save me! I don't. I don't. To be honest, I don't know why. I just don't what I don't know what made me pair the two of you today. I think I just made it. I just I just made it. <laughs> I thought Josh was my problem. Choma has also started. Okay, I know no what problem. you're talking I about. I agree. I understand. I understand. Now, to all my viewers, please. All I just want to tell you is to try make sure you get yourself get the vaccine. Absolutely. Try and get yourself safe, and um, you know, go out if it's necessary. If it's not necessary necessary please stay indoors stay safe so that you you and your family and your friends and your loved ones can be safe and i hope you've learned a lot today i'll leave you with the popular saying you always know what i'm about to say but if this is your first time yes a friend of mine his name is mr Ocha. he said happiness is free don't let anybody confuse you to buy happiness you can never buy it it is one thing you need to live with huh make yourself happy that will bring out the best in you. Till I see you again, same time, same station. Don't forget, always have your max on if you're going out. Use water and soap or alcohol-based sanitizers. And please, stay indoors. That's my own secret. Till I see you again. Adios. <laughs>